We must be saved than the name of Jesus. And that's why they said unto them after they threatened them with death and they would have killed them, but they could not deny that a notable miracle had been wrought through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And they feared the people or they would have killed them. Amen. And so they told them this. They said, don't you ever continue to preach and teach in that name. They didn't tell him quit preaching. They didn't tell him quit teaching. They didn't tell him to talk, quit talking about God in general, but specifically don't teach in that name. Why? Because there's no other name given under heaven to men by which we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? And the spirit is not anti-dead religion, generic God somewhere. Amen. It's the spirit of anti-Christ. Amen. And that's why all of the heaviness, that's why you get up some morning and you feel oppressed and it can make you depressed if you don't understand what's going on. Well, what's going on is you have an enemy and he has an ally. And you know who the ally is of your great enemy, the devil? It's your flesh. It's your feelings. Well, I don't feel God. He must not love me anymore. Well, you got to, the love of God has to transcend your and my flaky feelings. Feelings come and go. I've seen people get the big door on list, make a deal that express more joy than, than the average worshiper on Sunday morning. Can you say, man, jumping all over that guy and kissing him? Amen. He gets a lot of sugar, whether he wants it or not. Amen. A lot of hugs. Jumping up and down over a Maytag washer and dryer. And here we are in God's house. And I can look out over an audience. I've been looking at people from this vantage point. You know, I've been looking. I've been looking for 46 years at congregations. And I could, I could, I, I'm not going to look at anybody in particular because you might think I'm looking at you. So I'm going to close my eyes and look up at the ceiling where it's safe for me to not get scowled at. And, uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, I can tell who has spent time with Jesus this week. You say, Brother Bumble, you don't know what I've been through. No, no, it's not about what you've been through. It's about what you've been focused on. Did you hear what I said? It's not about what you've been through. But, Brother Venable, it hurt so bad. Of course it did. Absolutely. I agree with you. I go through things that hurt so bad, too. And I can focus on that and stay focused on that. And it's going to hurt me worse and do me damage. Or I can focus like God told me to focus. Amen. Looking. Everybody say looking. And let me, let me, in the actual Greek, the way it connotates looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. It, re it would read like this, looking away from all that will distract and setting your gaze, not your glance on Sunday morning. A lot of people glance at him on Sunday, but they don't gaze at him day in and day out. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Listen, and the way we're to look at him is to see him dying for us. That, that changes the focus off of your pain. To his pain in your behalf. And at some point, his suffering has to become bigger in your view. 
His suffering for you, proving his love for you, has to become bigger than your pain that you have been through, your heartache, your heartbreak. If it doesn't, then you're going to live your whole life as nobody's going to say, she's always smiling. No, they're going to say, there comes old sourpuss. Amen? Amen? I mean, you know, the the eyes of him who are joyful... Rejoices the heart of others. Amen. But it works in reverse. A merry heart does good like a medicine. But hope deferred maketh the heart sick. And when we lose that that focus on him, we lose hope. We're as helpless as the world is. But when we focus on Him dying for us, not just looking to Him, glancing, but looking away from all that will distract. Sometimes I get stinking thinking. Thoughts come to me that bring me down. There was someone the other day, I told my wife, I said, you know, they probably need a call, but I don't don't feel led to call because I know what the call is going to be. It's going to be negative. Everything I say about God is going to be countered with with doubt and fear and unbelief. It's not going to help them, and if I keep talking with them long enough, it's going to bring me down. Amen? Wouldn't it be something if we finally got it right? Looking away from all that will distract. When I think of the people that have, has anybody ever hurt you? Don't, don't, don't. I'm going to tell you, somebody has hurt you. Somebody has broke your heart. Somebody has betrayed you and somebody has let you down. Booty who? It hurts bad. It'll make you cry. And when I think about it, it hurts worse. Because I think about me and my pain, not him and his pain. And as long as my pain is more important to me than his pain for me on the cross, I'm, the devil's going to put me in the hole that he dug for me when that incident occurred. But the moment I look away from who hurt me and how I feel, to what he's done for me. It's not what they done to me. It's what he's done for me that gives me joy today. If I focus on what people have done to me over the years. And how many people have turned turned on me. They didn't just quit me. They tried to hurt me. And they do it to this day. There's some people carrying grudges. They don't forgive. They don't forget. Decades have went by. And they still mad about something. Amen. And looking for somebody to blame it on and somebody to take it out on. I'm glad I'm not mad at nobody this morning. Praise God. And if I get mad at you, I'm not going to stay mad at you because I can't afford it. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's not 24 hours. That's 12. Can you say, man, it's not. No, don't go to bed mad. I saw a sign the other day. It says, don't never go to bed mad at one another. Stay up and fight. 
I didn't buy that sign. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, the sad church. Oh, the sad state of the sad church. Persecuted. Oh, yes. You know what the Bible said? When they cast your name out as evil for my sake and for righteousness sake. He said, marvel not if the world hate you. It hated me before it hated you. It's going to give you a hard time. In this world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Cheer up. What's his message to the, to the church living in faulty bodies in a fallen world? Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Cheer up. Hoorah. I found out I preached a military funeral and I found out it was a Marine that had passed away and not someone from the United States Army and the gunny sergeant. Remember him on TV, had his own little program. He passed away. He was U.S. Army. And he would say, hoorah, H-O-O-R-A-H, hoorah, was his battle cry. But in the Marines, it's hoorah. And there were some big old Marines there participating in their uniform. And I wanted to make sure I got the hoorah from the hoorah. Amen. I didn't want, when I got talking and I said, Oorah! And they said, Oorah! I wanted to make sure you were there when the Marines were there. That was part of the Oorah, Hoorah. I talked to them about that. Amen. They kept me straight on that. I was already straight on that. The church needs to have a Hoorah for Jesus. We need to show the devil our game face. He's, when he sees us, when he sees us so down and out, he turns up the heat. I had a near complete nervous breakdown while preaching the gospel. I went through it. I got sick in every way you could get sick. It could have killed me, literally caused a heart attack. I was sick. And when he brought me through, not from that situation, he taught me some things that I can teach you in the word of God today if you will listen. I have been in that hole David was talking about. He said he delivered me from the horrible pit. From the horrible pit. Depression will put you in the deepest darkest place you could ever imagine and no matter how you try to extract yourself you know you can't do it without God's help so he went on to say about him delivering me he talked about how he delivered him from the horrible pit he said he lifted me from the miry clay I'll tell you something about miry clay. You get stuck in that. You can't extract yourself without help. Amen. It's not just like quicksand even. It's miry clay. And if you sink up your waist in it, you can't, without somebody throwing you a rope, throwing you something to hold on or taking you by the hand. David said the only way out of that place is if somebody takes me by the hand and lifts me out. He lifted. We used to sing it as a testimony song. He lifted me from the miry clay. He put my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Well, it's based on a psalm that said he lifted me from the miry clay. He put my feet upon a rock. He put a song in my mouth. The humble shall hear of it and they will be glad. 
I'll tell you, God uses everything that touches your life. If you will keep your trust in him, he will cause it to be good. I wouldn't go through that or choose to go through that, but I went through that. It was my fault. I was supposed to cast my care on him. I carried that care. The devil literally used scripture to hornswoggle and hoodwink me into carrying it like some kind of martyr for Jesus. I lost my joy. My peace was interrupted. Amen. I came to the pulpit and the anointing came on me. What you saw in the pulpit was the man operating in the anointing. But when I got home, that woman saw the man that was tormented with fear, that was burnt out. And I remember, I remember calling, I think it was our headquarters, this reaching out for help. I even went to hear the happy hunters. Anybody was happy. I wanted to hear them. Can you say, man, because I was unhappy with my situation. And I remember going to PTL to hear the happy hunters. They were there. They were laying hands on the sick, had a healing ministry. And I, I remember them laying hands on people. And, and, and I was praying, Lord, let them call me out. They were calling people out, praying for them, and they were falling out. And I thought, boy, I need to be called out and fall out and whatever else that you can do spiritually in my life. And I was sitting out in that audience crying out to God and just praying and and all of the sudden i think it was the sister hunter amen she pointed and said that man right there and i looked up <laughs> and she said yes you you're a preacher of the gospel aren't you and i said because i didn't have on you know full preacher attire i just you know had on a sports shirt and slacks and and may have had a coat without a tie but anyway she said I want you to come up here right now. And so, boy, I thought, this is my night for deliverance. I'm not going to have to go through this valley. God is just going to set me free. I'm going to go on just like I was going. That was just a bump in the road. But tonight, somebody is calling me out. <laughs> and, and they're going to lay hands on me. And I'm not going to have any problems with my nerves anymore. I'm not going to go through burnout. Uh, I'll be fine. I'll sleep like a baby. Not like that preacher that said and answered and said, how are you, how are you sleeping at night? The doctor asked him, he'd been having a lot of trouble. He said, like a baby doc. He said, I sleep for two hours and wake up and cry for an hour. Anyway, that's not the kind of baby sleep I was talking about. Can you say amen? But it was very similar to, oh, it's go ahead and laugh. I mean, it's okay. Amen. I'm okay now. God brought me through. He didn't deliver me from because he wanted to teach me in that valley. And what he taught me in that valley, I can take the word now that was applied to my life and I can teach it to you because I've walked through that valley. You're not so deep. God can't get a hold of you. That clay is not so strong. It can keep you from him lifting you out. And when he lifts you out, he doesn't put you on a sleep. Slippery slope. He doesn't just bring you out so you can. Oh, we've had services where people get it. God sets them free. They slip back in. 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 It's just a never ending. So even when they get set free, they know it ain't going to last. Amen. But he lifts me from the miry clay. He puts my feet on a rock. So that I don't slip right back into that situation and that circumstance. Hallelujah. He establishes you. Oh, and you know when he does it? The Bible said after you have suffered for a while. What? 
I noticed there was no amen, so go ahead and get your what. What? After I've what? After I've what? After I've what? After you have suffered for a while, he will establish, strengthen, and settle you. What? You mean I'm going to be stronger if I trust him to take me through this than I would if he took me from it? Boy, the holy murmurs are so low. Nobody wants to suffer nothing. I don't want to go through anything. Well, you're going to, whether you want to or not, you might as well, amen, to get something out of it that is good. I'm glad. I am so glad I have been where people say there's no hope for them. I'm glad I've been in that hopeless situation. I'm glad I know what they're feeling. I got a, I got a, a, a letter from Indiana. And, and the letter from Indiana was, it was so precious when I received it. They had just lost a loved one, a mother and a son that attended our church. I baptized the son when he was about 12 years old. They moved to Indiana and they lost their, her husband and his daddy. And I got a letter from them and they said, you know something? I don't think we could have got through this time in our life if it wasn't for the tapes that we brought with us from the church services in Tampa, Florida. They said, we, we sat down and when we were so grieved and we didn't understand and we didn't get it, we sat down and put a tape on and in that tape through the word of God and through your testimony, amen, we received the strength we needed. So they said, we wanted to take that tape player. This is back in the day of the cassette tape. We wanted to take it and put it out in our front yard and we wanted to hook up some big sound system to it so everybody in the neighborhood could hear amen now folks that's the grace of god that's the word of god that's the power of a testimony when god takes you through if god takes you from people can't relate to you amen but if god takes you through they can relate to you and david said people are going to hear what he's done for me the humble This is not the positive virtue of humility nor the fruit of the Spirit about meekness and humility. This is about being crushed. This is about the the weight of all of our trials and tests just crushing us. The crushed people will hear what He's done for me and they will be glad. They will be glad. And you know what hope is defined in Scripture spiritually? It's the glad. It starts with the glad. It starts with the glad. It starts with the glad anticipation of future good. Hallelujah. The glad anticipation. He hath made me glad, Psalm 4 says, more than in the time that their corn and their wine did increase. Praise God. Hallelujah. Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. You know what that means? It means no one who really trusts God, who sets their hope in the Lord, and believes that God's goodness is going to prevail in spite of what's going on at any given time in our life, that all things are working together for? Oh, say good just a little stronger than that. All things are working together for? To them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. 
And the next verse reveals his purpose, so you'll know how it's all going to work for good if you're cooperating with his purpose in your life. Romans 8, 28, you don't stop there. There's a 29. And you'll never understand and appreciate 28 until you understand and appreciate 29. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. All that pain and pressure, Brother Venable, was it working together for good? The good is you're seeing in me right now because he established me. He has strengthened me. Hallelujah. Amen. The things that used to overwhelm me, I immediately confess. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And that means I'm equal to anything. It's not about, you know, the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. It's about getting through things. It's about going through things. Can you say, man, I can do all things means whatever comes my way. By the grace of God. Hallelujah. And, and using my trust and faith in that grace and in that faithfulness of God. God is going to take Brother Venable through it. God is going to bring me through. Amen. And he's going to bring me through to the other side. And the other side is going to bring something in my life that won't happen unless he takes me through instead of from. Tribulation. Pressure. Anguish, that's what it means, thelpsis in the Greek, in this world. How many are in this world? Almost 100% again. Amen. You're stuck here till Jesus comes. We're stuck here till Jesus comes, but we're supposed to occupy. Not... Oh, Brother Vimble, you're a survivor. I'm more than a survivor. Brother, you're a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Through him that loved me. Praise God. I've even convinced my wife who lives with me and sees every weakness that I've got. She saw me weeping. She saw me crumple to the floor under the load when my son was out somewhere with bleeding internally, went into the hospital, passing blood and, and vomiting blood. And when the doctor walked out of the emergency room, he ran off into the night and drove away. And, and the doctor called me and said, your son has left the hospital, but he's bleeding internally and we don't know what it is. And the devil screamed, believe me, he'll scream at you. He screamed at me and said, I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to take his soul to hell while he's lost. I'm going to kill him tonight. And, and I had the phone in my hand and I, 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 I didn't drop to my knees to pray. Initially, I dropped to my knees because I couldn't stand up. I felt that wave come over me. Amen. But the, And what, what can you do? You see, the devil, if you know what to do when that feeling comes on you. Amen. Hallelujah. A little prayer goes a long way. I'm not talking about praying little. I'm talking about just a sentence prayer. Because you're, you're talking to someone 
who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we think or ask. Can you say amen? You're talking to the mountain mover. Praise God. And after you talk to the mountain mover, then you can talk boldly to the mountain. Can you say amen? Oh, yes. After you pray, you can tell the mountain to move. But you've got to talk to the mountain mover, and it's not you, darling. Can you say amen? It's God. Have faith in God. If you say to that mountain, and how do you express faith in God? The first area of expression of faith is to make Him your source and to call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Oh, I know you're waiting and wondering if my son passed away that night. No, he did not. How did he survive? God kept him. By grace, and God kept him by mercy. Hallelujah. And he lived to be in his 50s and could have lived longer. But he said, Dad, I I just don't have any faith for healing. I wish I did, but I brought this on myself. I chose these things. And and so he said, "But, but I got faith that my sins are forgiven, and I got faith that when I draw my last breath, I'm going home to be with my king. And I said, that's good faith right there. Hallelujah. I wish he was here right now, but I'm going to see him. I'm getting ready to turn 73, so I'm going to see him pretty soon. (laughs) Three score and ten by reason of strength, four score. Even if I live to be 100, I'm going to see him pretty soon. And when I see him again, I'm never going to be parted from him again. Glory to God. I'm going to see my daddy again. I'm going to see my mom again. I'm going to see my grandpa. I'm going to see my grandma. I led my, my, my maternal grandfather and grandmother to Christ. Prayed the sinner's prayer with them. Watch God do a work in them. Praise God. Amen. I'm excited about what the Lord is saying. I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. After you have suffered for a while. Listen to this. Amen. God is able to make all things. Romans 8 and verse 13. Uh, is it no no I'm, I'm thinking of something else anyway you'll find it it's here your electronic device is right there if you need it amen <laughs> Romans 8 30 and 31 yeah I was right the first time why didn't y'all tell me I was right God is good today everybody knows the 30th verse God is able Romans 8, 28, and 29. I'm thinking of another scripture at the same time. God is able. No, let me get it right. We usually start with God is able. It doesn't start with God is able. It starts with for we know. Doesn't do any good that God is able if you don't know he's able. You got to know that number one by revelation of the Holy Spirit, and number two by the realization through personal experience. Amen. 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 You got to experience this. You first know because the Bible tells you so. Jesus loves me, this I know why, because the Bible tells me so. But when you experience that love, it goes beyond just the. Writing on the page. A revelation is different than just an intellectual understanding of something. And we've got so many 
people who are targeting just the mind today and not the heart. Listen, flesh and blood did not reveal who Jesus was. Amen. To Simon Peter. Who do men say that I am? Peter said they got all kinds of speculative ideas. Well, who do you say that I am? And here, he's not the theologian. He's not the one who studies Scripture. But the Holy Ghost is now beginning to work. Hallelujah. On Simon Peter, he wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost, but he was about to get a revelation from the Holy Ghost. Can you say, man? And, and, and without missing a beat, this fisherman, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He must, that's revelation knowledge. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You know this by revelation. And you're going to experience it by realization. In your personal walk and in your life. Amen. And upon this, thou art Peter. Petra. Petros. Little pebble. Everybody say little pebble. Thou art Peter. One church group tried to make him the rock. He's the rock. No, he's not the rock. He's the little pebble. Amen. But upon this rock, Petra, say Petra, Petra. granite mountain, like a granite mountain. Oh, in Atlanta, you've got to go to where? What is the name of it? Venable Lake. Venable Lake is right at the bottom of Stone Mountain. Venable Lake. Remember that. Venable Lake. Lake Venable. Of course, it must be a wonderful lake, right? <laughs> you, you don't want to. It's worth the trip just to see the lake, right? Name Venable Lake. Granite right on the bottom. Amen. Granite Mountain. It's an awesome thing. This mountain, they used to, you know, mine granite out of it. But it's just a, it's not really a tall mountain, but it's this big thing in Atlanta and it's granite and you put your feet on that you don't feel like nothing's going to shake that upon this rock and the rock isn't just Jesus it's the revelation of Jesus by the spirit of God can you say man I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it hallelujah praise god the devil's gonna fight with tooth and toenail i like what shambach said and every time i think of shambach i think of brother Cristello, who was uh, understood the anointing and the and the power of the anointing the place of the anointing in the church and in the ministry amen he said the devil goeth about as a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour, quoting that scripture. But he said at the cross, Jesus pulled his teeth at Calvary. But one preacher acknowledging that said, and the dirty shame is that a toothless devil is gumming so many Christians to death. Can you say, man, there is victory over the world. There is victory over the flesh and there is victory over the devil. Can you say, man, because Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Amen and amen. And amen. I was thinking of John 8, 30 and 31. If 
you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make. If you continue in my word, you will know. If you continue in my word, you will know. Can you say man? Listen to me carefully. Romans eight twenty eight. So misquoted, misunderstood. Let's get it right before we leave here today. For we know. We know, we know, we know. I love what what Doug has up on the website. I think he might have got it from somewhere else, but it's on the. It's okay. There's stuff out there in public domain. Sometimes we just. Well, I won't tell you that story. It's a long story. Amen. It's about copyright and all of that stuff and the people that you know cruise the net looking for somebody to. And anyway, the. It's important we recognize these things. But I love the story of the young man given up to die. The doctors did all they could. And what his family did, they prayed and they sang. They prayed and they sang. Most people after prayer do not sing because they don't believe when they pray They're waiting on things to change before they praise. Amen. (laughs) When God turned again the captivity of Zion, we were as them that dream. Amen. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues with song. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You want to defeat the enemy? Jehoshaphat, call those appointed to sing and praise God. Send them out to praise God. And not to just sing some little ditty, but to sing a revelation of God that Israel had, even in the old covenant. The Lord, what did they sing over and over? What did they sing over and over to defeat an allied army that could have destroyed their military and couldn't touch their singers? <laughs> Hallelujah. What did they sing? Was it just anything? Was it some little pop ditty? No, they sung the truth about their God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. We're going to win today because we serve a good God. Not just a great God, but a good God. It's a given that He's a great God, but He's also a good God. Can you say, man, hallelujah, the Lord is good. And the Lord, because He is good, He's merciful. Hallelujah. God has shown mercy to Israel. We have a covenant with Him because He's good and He's merciful. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. When we got up this morning, His mercy met us. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness. Not general faithfulness in this sense, but specific faithfulness. Faithfulness in the area of being merciful. Can you say, man, Son of David! 
Oh, they heard me at the desk. I hope somebody gets saved before we leave. Can you say, man, son of David? What was the target of his faith? His power? His ability? No, his mercy. Hallelujah. Because there is a faith that worketh by love. Can you say, man, the love of God flows. That's why he's faithful. And that's why we can put our faith in his faithfulness. Hallelujah. It begins with love. All faith begins with knowing and accepting by faith his love for us. Not waiting for a feeling because we're not dealing with just feelings, but the fact of the cross. Can you say amen? Don't you believe his suffering on the cross ought to have more influence in your life than how you feel? Don't you think his suffering on the cross ought to transcend your feelings at any given time? I'm hurting. Well, look unto Jesus, who is the author of the finisher of your faith. Consider him. This is how you're to look. Consider him that suffered such a great contradiction against himself. Where did that happen? At the cross. And at the whipping post, who he, lest you be weary and faint in your own mind. Everybody say, my focus is going to determine the outcome. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing, here it is again, you've got to know this. You've got to know it enough that, it, that, it, that it overrides your natural man, your natural response to things. Knowing this, that the trine of your faith worketh patience. Cooperate. Let patience have her perfect work. How does patience have her perfect work? It's when he takes you through instead of taking you from. You don't need patience to be taken from. Boy, you got to have it to go through. Amen. And how does patience come? Tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Can you see the process? After you've suffered for a while. Tribulation. You're going to experience the grace of God. And you're going to experience the faithfulness of God. And when you're at your weakest and still put your trust in Him, you're going to find out that when you're weak, then are you truly made strong. Can you say, man? <laughs> you see the process? After you've suffered for a while, He establishes you in that knowledge. And then He strengthens you. With his strength and not yours. And that's why I am going on 73, 46 years as a pastor. I was having my hair cut. My wife was having her hair done, whatever they do to it anyway. But I was having mine cut. Takes me about 10 minutes and her about an hour and a half. So whatever they were doing to it, it's a lot different than what they did to mine. I think it's pretty hair this morning. Very pretty hair. And mine ain't bad. Amen. I'm getting to the point right now. I don't care if it's gray, purple, green, as long as I got some. Amen. In fact, if I didn't have any, it'd be okay too, because, you know, it's time, time for things to change. 
We do. And I forget what she said to me, but I forget what I was going to tell you, she said. So we must be about done preaching. (laughs) But I was getting my hair done, sitting there and talking with the hairdresser. And, you know, she knows that I'm a Christian. And a lady came in. A lady came in. And she introduced me to this lady. The lady was talking to her like they were very close friends. And she said, Pastor Venerable, I would like to introduce you to my dear friend, she, Julie. And I said, well, glad to meet you, Julie. And she told Julie then, she said, she said, Brother Venerable, pastor's in Tampa. And Julie's a pastor's wife. So she looked over at me and said, Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) You poor old thing, in other words. If you're a pastor, you got pressure. And a pastor's wife knows it because she sees her husband under it. Coming home from church on Sunday, you know, I heard Dave Wilkerson's associate said, I believe most ministers leave the pulpit, get discouraged and quit. I believe it's on Mondays. Because if they could have got through till Tuesday, God could have given them grace sufficient, but they were so burnt out. It happens. I remember when a man left the big First Baptist Church in Tampa, one of the big ones with the big columns down on Kennedy Boulevard. He was pastor there some years ago. He was on his way to the pulpit. You don't know how close you are to the breaking point until you, until you get that last straw. You know, the, the adage is the last the straw that broke the camel's back. And he said, I was on my way. And it was in the Tampa Tribune because it's a big church back then, influential in the city. The pastor had been there for a long time a lot of people attending he said i was on my way to the pulpit and before i could get from from where i was to the pulpit to preach two people grabbed a hold of me with a problem uh, and it was some church issue that oh you got to address this and i'm trying to get to the pulpit to preach and i can't even make it from wherever i was to the pulpit before all the negatives begin to hit me and he turned around and he went right back to where he came from he resigned that you say well he wasn't really called i'm gonna tell you something about discouragement you can be called you can be appointed and you can be anointed but you got to deal with that thing personally the anointing doesn't supersede your humanity it doesn't make you super person it does supernatural things through you but it doesn't change you you remain just as vulnerable in fact it can't even flow through you if you don't acknowledge your weakness. He shows the weak things, didn't he? Howbeit, not many mighty are called. I chose the weak things. Why? So when he uses that vessel, he gets the glory for it. God's man of faith and power is a weak thing if he's really got faith and power. Because God won't choose the strong person. He can't, because you're going to do all, you're going to just, you're going to operate in the strength of your resolve and your flesh and your confidence. Paul said, we don't have any confidence in the flesh. He said, in fact, while we're on the subject of flesh, in my flesh, there's no good thing. Now, we're going to close with this. We're almost done. And y'all have been so good. 
haven't they? Y'all are the bravest people I've ever seen to sit up front. Hatton went to sleep. And one, one reason, we, one thing we look for, we look for a room with a room. That's all I'm praying for, a room with a room, wherever, however, a room with a room, because I know I've been where you are. I've been stuck. <laughs> and you'll get something out of it, but you'll get more out of it if it's right there on your level. And I love you for being so respectful and so sweet today. Oh, they deserve a, they deserve a blessing today. Everybody, look, look at him. Look over at Grandma. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Treat them good today. Praise God. I'd give you a lollipop if I had one. <laughs> My man here say, I want french fries. <laughs> you can keep that lollipop. I'm glad you're happy today. We're all going to go through it. Join the human race. We're all going to have friends forsake us. Join the human race. We're all going to be let down. We're all going to be put down. And Jesus said, when it starts occurring, for my sake and the gospel, and men cast your name out as evil and speak all manner of evil about you, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. What? Not just glad, but exceedingly glad. Because great is your reward, not here, but in heaven when you get there. Rejoice because you're so identified with me that Satan is motivating people to come against you for my sake. Everybody say exceeding and glad. Quit mourning over your hurt. And your pain this morning. Why doesn't God just take this? Because he can't establish you if he takes you from it. He can only establish you, strengthen you, and settle you after you've suffered for a while. And let me close with this. We've used up our time. No, we haven't. It's, we've got plenty of time. In fact, if I quit in five minutes, I will be... Way ahead of schedule. And if you listen, maybe we can quit way ahead of schedule. Amen. So pay strict attention and all this front row. I love you guys. I'm glad you're up here today. Come back next week to sit here again. You inspire me. While I perspire everybody else. Can you say amen? God is so good today. I can laugh now, but I wasn't laughing then. I was crying, I was weeping, I was hurting. I felt abandoned and I felt that God had been unfaithful to me or else my faith had completely failed. In any case, I felt hopeless and helpless. And I remember calling independent assemblies of God. My wife wrote them to pray for me. We heard them from them about three months later. Three months later. Wanting an offering. <laughs> This is my headquarters of our fellowship. 
desperate need for prayer. We got a letter three months later saying, you know, we're really hurting. And will we give so much every month? We give every single month for, for how many years have we been ordained with them? Amen. And we give every single month. So that didn't help me. So I went to, I went to, uh, I went to Carpenter's Home Church and their counseling associate minister and I sat down at his desk. And I began to pour out to him where I was. And he, he had a freedom phone. And they were quite new then. And he said, I can put people on speakerphone. And I can get up and walk around here. Me and my wife are in. Remember, he's telling me about his speakerphone and how it works. And he said, and I can counsel while walking around. And he was demonstrating. And I thought, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. I'm not interested in his speaker phone. And, and, you know, I need help here. And then, of course, he gave me counsel. He said, why don't you take a year off? <laughs> this was my salary, not just my calling. This is paying the light bill, too. This is putting food on my family's table. You want to loan me, you know, $25,000, I'll take a year off. Pay you back 50 a month for 100 years until it's paid off with no interest. I'm wanting help. The happy hunters, I'm going to quit with this. The happy hunters, the happy hunters. That man, I'm up. I've been praying for deliverance. I don't want to go through no more. I want to be delivered from. I don't want to go in the fire. Amen. Even if the fourth man's in there. I don't want to go in there. Amen. Come up here. You're a minister, aren't you? I said, God's revealing everything about me. Next thing, he's going to reveal my need. They're going to lay hands on me. He's going to deliver me. I can get back to Tampa and get down and take care of my prison ministry and take care of my pulpit ministry and take care of my visitation, take care of my preaching, take care of the mission work. Amen. I am going to go back and hit the ground running as soon as they get through getting me set free. And they said, come right up here, sir. Stand right here. They had this big line of people. And they had called me out, and I thought they were going to put me in the front of the line because my need was so great. And you know what they did? Everybody they laying hands on had fallen out. And guess what the revelation to them was concerning me? You need a catcher. And there must have been 30 or 40 people. I said, all right, Lord, at the end of this line, there ain't going to be nobody else to pray with for but me. And you know what else they said about me? God showed us that you're like a beacon. <laughs> I thought I'd feel more like bacon <laughs> than a beacon today. I feel... I was sick, wasn't I, honey? We couldn't enjoy the beach. We could go to the beach and rent one of them places right on the water. And I was sick. We went to the mountains and I got sick. And almost drove her nuts. Because she saw me sick and couldn't get any help, it seemed like. 
No help from me. No help from me. No help from me. But that all changed, didn't it? And it's the grace of God. And it's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. And your what? Your, oh, say it loud. Say it proud. All right. <laughs> I'm reaping the, I'm going to tell you what she said. I'm reaping the fruit of your deliverance. I'm enjoying a husband that is enjoying God, that has the joy of Jesus in his life. Not because I have been shielded from trouble, but because I have discovered, amen, the sufficiency of his grace. And I understand his processes after you have suffered for a while. He will, if you will trust him through it, if you will hold on just a little while longer, hold on just a little while longer, hold on just a little while, hold on, hold on. Can you say, man, if you will hang in there like a rusty fish hook, that's not part of that song. That's, I made that one up. Amen. But if you will hold on, Brother Taylor, just a little while longer so God can take you all the way through. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Has nothing to do with the second coming. Has nothing to do with the rapture. Has everything to do with the timing that God comes through to deliver you can you say man hallelujah he may not be there when you want him but he'll always be right on time and he will deliver you just in time can you say man hallelujah god is faithful god is faithful hallelujah Oh, that's good that you're getting it today. Hot spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Because when I said suffering, everybody just dropped. You mean I got to go through this? You got to go through till he says, that's enough. After you've suffered for a while, he will establish, strengthen, and settle you. And the word... Settle means to turn resolutely in the right direction. He will settle you. It'll get settled. His word will get settled in you. It won't be God said it, I believe it, that settles it anymore. You know what it'll be? God said it, that settles it, I believe it. For his word is what? Forever settled in heaven. And when it gets just as settled in you, (laughs) Nothing's going to be able to shake you from it. And nothing's going to be able to take you from your faith. And no matter what you're going through, you will pray and sing praises. And it's while that family who was so under duress being told they're probably going to lose their son. When they were singing praises to God, the answer came. You've got to know something. And you've got to know that you know that you know. Hallelujah. Got a letter from a lady in Nashville and she said, when I heard your testimony, it gave me strength. It gave me hope. It gave me courage that I can hang on for my family and believe God for my family. Oh, thank God for God taking me through. For whom he did foreknow, 
Romans 8.28, God is able to make everything work together for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8.29, his purpose is revealed. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Let this mind, 1 Peter 4, let this mind be in you. Listen. Arm yourself for as much as Christ. First Peter four is that are you, is that where I am? First Peter four one. Let for as much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer live his life to the will of the flesh but to the will of God. Can you say man? That means we are established in our devotion and our love for him. And we become, we suffer in the flesh when we deny ourselves and take up our cross in order to follow him. And when we do that, following him is going to lead you in paths of righteousness. It won't lead you back into the prison of sin. Can you say man? Conformed to the image of his son. He said, I want you to be like my son. I want you to be more like Jesus, not more like Oral, not more like Billy Graham, not more like, not more like Robert Venable. I want you to be more like Jesus. And you've got to go through some things if you're going to be more like him. But I'm with you through them all, through it all. We heard it on the way. Andre Crouch is with the Lord now, but I love the song. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust his word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Will you stand to your feet today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Did you get something out of this service? Amen. Amen. Are you going to go home focusing on who hurt you? Are you going to go home focusing on who bled and died for you on the cross. It's going to determine what kind of week you're going to have, what kind of day you're going to have. It's going to determine, count it all joy, when you fall into many kinds of tests, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, let patience have her perfect work, that you might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom on this matter of trials and tests, that's the context of James 1. If you lack wisdom on this specific thing, not general wisdom, but on what you're going through and how to deal with it, let him ask of God. And you know something? God is granting to you that through the ministry this morning and through the word this morning, if you will receive it. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. You're at the mercy of your circumstances until you get this right. But when you get this right, he will establish, strengthen, and settle you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Father, I pray for this thy sheep. They're not my sheep. They're your sheep. And I'm not the great shepherd of the flock, although I am a shepherd. But I am not a hireling either. I'm not going to run when the wolf comes to try to hurt them or harm them. I'm going to stand and defend your word. I'm going to defend your reputation. I'm going to defend. I represent a good God and a great God and a gracious God and a faithful God. And I want my life to defend your reputation. Praise God. I don't want to talk the talk and not walk the walk. Hallelujah. And God, oh, I preached under such an anointing before I got so sick. But God said, you've got to do more than preach this thing. You've got to live it before your children. You've got to live it before your wife. You've got to live it in your personal life and prove me. Can you say, man, so that when you preach, it's not just the anointing. It is your personal walk and experience coming through. And thank God it's real today. Thank God it is real. Thank God my son saw it before he went to heaven. Thank God my wife saw it. Hallelujah. And saw the faithfulness of God to deliver her husband from the horrible pit. Can you say, man, glory to God. Glory.